Three, two, one. Welcome. We are here at the second ever Heltzilla Weekly Podcast, and welcome um, to the journey, and welcome to Nairobi, Kenya. Um, I flew in a few days ago on Friday last week, um, and it's been an awesome journey so far. I came here, here to see the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Riku Vassinen, one of the advisors of the Better Life team, a massive fitness and health geek himself. Uh, welcome, Riku. Uh, thank you, or should I say welcome to you, because we are actually in my home. But <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's, it's been an awesome journey so far. So much to see in Kenya. Obviously trying to find the best practices in terms of how to train like a, like a marathon um, world record holder. But haven't been able to do that yet, maybe, uh, maybe at some stage. So just, to, for, just for context, Riku is, um, is, a, is a very well-known and very, very sort of brilliant marketing um, partner, market managing partner at Ogilvy now, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm managing partner for our uh, digital <clears throat> business here in Ogilvy, Africa. Pretty much spent my whole career in marketing uh, in different advertising agencies. Did a short stint in MySpace for those who remember <laughs> that thing. Of course, everyone. I, I never and, uh, and yeah, so, so, but I, I don't think we are talking too much about that and what, what I'm doing yeah. here, probably more about the sports and, and, and that side of things. I'm okay, quite but that, that, that's like, that's the whole thing. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what, what interests me a lot is how you sort of combine your very highly demanding work, which includes uh, being creative and productive um, and managing a lot of people. So you have a lot of responsibility. And at the same time, how do you then then uh, upkeep your sports regime? Because you, Riku is a big CrossFit guy and cycling guy and running guy and mm. and who knows what else. Who I mean, he's one of the only guys I know who can bench 150 kilos and run under four hour marathons. So not that the moment, <laughs> but I have done it two two years in yeah. a row. Yeah. So can you sort of um, give an outline of your current daily? workout regime how, how do you approach this yeah I actually there was two questions but if I start from from the latter one so um, I do CrossFit which um, as people say how do you know that someone does CrossFit you don't need to know it they will tell it tell it to you and uh, as uh, uh, recently uh, becoming father as well that applies to uh, new fathers as well. So I'm telling everyone that I do CrossFit and I'm telling everyone that I have a very beautiful um, small daughter. But yeah, CrossFit um, to me, I found it so... So my sports used to be basketball and I did it pretty much how my youth and quit playing the usual time people stop playing, which is when I started in university and, and when I realized I cannot be NBA player as a roughly six foot um, Finnish dude. That's not necessary <laughs> to the best uh, starting point for that. Uh, and then I did bits and pieces like sports has always been there, but uh, but actually coinciding uh, quitting basketball, I quit Play, uh, quit uh, doing weights 
So around seven, eight years, I didn't do any weight training at all. And I, I was thinking I could try to get back to it. Actually, the reason why I stopped weight training was I realized I went to the gym and <laughs> I only did bends and bicep curls. I was like, <laughs> okay, there's probably better. Because, I mean, the first thing you're skipping off is the legs because yeah. they are more and, and bends, you're not even getting like sweaty and yeah, bicep curls, it's just nice to do. Curls so. for the girls. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, but I wanted to get back to that regime and I had been doing running a lot, which is not necessarily my strong suit in, in that way, but I enjoy it and I was a little bit bored of, uh, and I also noticed it. Uh, that when you do running every morning, it, it starts to take take on its toll um, on on your knees and all of that. So I wanted some change, but uh, but I didn't want to do the same mistakes as uh, when when I was ending the basketball. So only bends and bicep curls. So I went to um, CrossFit, and that I have been doing like six years now. And um, my routine with that is I do it every weekday. I know the optimal for it would be three um, three days, then one day off, two days, one day off. But I try to want to keep my weekends more, more easy that way. So I pretty much put it to uh, all weekdays. And... Uh, uh, and and that's the main part of it. Then then depending on the time, like like you said earlier, I I like all the sports. So so if I would have all the time in the world, I would do yoga. Uh, I would cycle. I would play tennis. Um, would do some basketball and and other things. But now I th- I think in terms of being healthy, CrossFit is quite good. It's concise. You do one hour. It's a little bit weightlifting, a little bit of cardio, a little bit of everything. You get a good kickstart for the day. And then as weekend, which is more of rest, I do more of cardio stuff and quite a lot of cycling. In, in here, even though Chris Froome is from Nairobi, I have been doing <coughs> uh, more the stationary bike. So I have a kicker. Here, which is uh, nice because I can watch Netflix while doing it. So, cool. but uh, but but that bring, brings to the point that uh, it's it's actually uh, to me the main thing that I'm able to do any sports is that I do it in the morning because I realize, especially in Singapore, your days tend to go much later that way, and uh, I also see that uh, in evenings, even though based on studies apparently that's when you're more stronger True. Um, uh, I, I feel that the kickstart and the energy boost that you get from morning training is good and, and then I'm usually quite energetic at least until the lunch or after the lunch that, that, sound, that sounds brilliant but it, if you put this into context, working out CrossFit specifically, which is high intensity, very demanding. The loads can be quite heavy. The volumes can be quite um, quite large. Mm-hmm. Then you press on for five days a week, plus some some cycling or other cardio during Saturdays mm-hmm. or Sundays. So then, for quite a lot of uh, people, that would be massively tasking in terms of your ability mm-hmm. to recover. Have you ever sort of noticed any 
issues in your recovery as you've um, worked out so much? Mm. Um, actually, not so much. I have a couple of instances, but uh, um, if you think about sports in general, essentially, if you simplify your ability to do sports, it's about two things. It's about talent and trainability. And um, why I never became that good of a sportsman is that I, I don't necessarily have that much talent, but what I have always had is the high trainability. So I have always tried it and I remember in basketball the best times it was like 10 train, like you had like five um, basketball trainings a week, then you had weight training like three times a week and some additional things. And I never noticed anything like lethargy or something. So I, I think by nature, I have quite a lot of um, trainability there. I think also actually CrossFit, because it's more high-end intensity, it's, of course, you can do over-conditioning and there are multiple stories of people doing stupid things while doing CrossFit exactly. in, in yeah, that, yeah. that sense. So, so you can break your stuff. But I, I think in terms of over-conditioning, I think actually running or, or cycling is actually more um, prone to that. Yeah. And, and that has actually been the only time I think I have been having a uh, slight overtraining situation, which was again about on stupidity in, in that sense. So I was training to marathon. Uh, but this was what two years ago? Yeah, yeah, two two years ago, and uh, essentially how I did it was I, I started training uh, to the marathon like properly. Um, I, I did like brackets in the air, so so don't do this at home. Uh, one month before, so I had been doing like 15k run once a week, once every second week. So I upped my running to 40k a week, which is quite okay amount of running. I put it on top of my normal regime and did it on weekends. So on top of the five CrossFit workouts, you run 40k during one weekend. So basically two days, right? Yeah, yeah, two days. Yeah, I split it, not, not marathon every day. So, so and uh, I should have actually noticed that there's because uh, my resting heart rate was slightly elevated, not too much, but uh, but slightly elevated. And uh, uh, also, if I look the heart rate in the actual race, it, it went okay. It was like four, four ten, or whatever it it was. But uh, then I noticed, and I, I think then it was much about mm. the uh, cardio. So I, I think it's about listening to yourself, also trusting the devices because I, I saw that my resting heart rate was slightly elevated I should have been because it's not always that it's massive difference yeah. um, so so I, I should then but uh, but then of course but how so, sorry to disturb uh, yeah. but how how did you sort of feel did you or when did you actually feel that this is too much because you, you saw the data print beforehand that mm -hmm. your heart the resting heart rate is elevated but when did you feel feel it yourself that now it's a bit um i i didn't feel it so so in, in, <laughs> okay okay in 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 that sense and and oh, i i don't even would consider it safe because of course over conditioning is uh you you can be in the situation that you're you cannot do any sports anymore so so i think it's it was slight over conditioning and i i think it's just more of like 
within one year my result dropped like 13 minutes okay. in, yeah, in, in that sense. So, so I, I, I think that was the main reason for, for that and then I just eased off of running um, for a couple of months, months and got back to it and, and okay. it was fine. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So did, by that time, did you measure your heart rate variability at all, or was it only resting heart rate? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. Uh, it, I, I was using Fitbit at that time, okay. so um, heart rate variability, I didn't track. And I have to say, for me, the main thing is actually the resting heart rate, what I yeah, follow, sure. uh, because I have not yet... So I, I understand the main concept of the higher heart rate variability, but what I noticed, for example, with Apple Watch, it because it takes the heart rate variability at certain times, it doesn't necessarily like occasionally when it takes like heart rate variability yeah. when you're training. Obviously, it's mm. like very low. So so I haven't yet actually noticed that well the correlation of like when my heart rate variability is high that I would be very non-stressed or the other way way around. Indeed. So so for, for me it's it's um, the resting heart rate is something I, I follow very regularly. I follow also the heart rate variability trying to find like when when I see the differences and, and of course um, for me with heart rate variability especially lack of sleep affects but but then on on the other hand um, during the time um, uh, when my uh, daughter was born with I wasn't sleeping that much so so my heart rate variability was very high so it, it was very very interesting, yeah. very interesting. but but overall um, so I haven't yet found and uh, maybe there's I would want to maybe test some of that you would have those um, like proper yeah. tracking systems for a one day so you could see uh, how it affects and what, what actually makes you stressed because right now it says that maybe overall mm. it's quite good but what I would like to know which I haven't done and there's of mm. course like first beat is one of those what I would like to know is that is are certain moments at work making me stressed? Uh, yeah, is like traffic ma- making making me stressed? So, so I could um, mm-hmm. um, uh, approach those situations. That's true. And it's a good point as well. Shameless plug, obviously. Um, so what what I've noticed, which is pretty consistent in terms of uh, highlighting the heart rate variability towards your recovery or stress le- levels is to measure that first thing in the morning when you wake up. Mm-hmm. And because of um, some of these devices have a bit of tendency of recording the heart rate variability at random times like Apple Watch, um, um, in the HealthZilla app you can actually do the measurement from your um, phone camera first thing when you wake mm-hmm. up. So that might be something that, that can, be, can be tested out as well, which is quite interesting actually. Now, it was just just an interesting um, connotation to what you mentioned about your resting heart rate being elevated um, um, after your heavy training session towards your marathon two years ago. Because um, I'm now training for this year's marathon and I was running about 40k a week. I was cycling 50 to 60k a week. I was still doing five CrossFit, so I had like very high volumes as well. Um, 
and I did see an instant reaction in my in my uh, resting heart rate. It's about ten percent higher um, mm-hmm. at, at the end of that heavy training week. And and then if I don't give myself um, almost two full days of complete rest, then the resting heart rate will, will continue rising slowly. So it's like. At least for me, I can only keep it, keep that training regime up for five days, give myself two days of complete recovery and then continue with the high volumes again. So, and, and, and that's sort of the only way I've, I've noticed how to keep it sustainable, otherwise I just get injured or whatnot. So, yeah, and, and, and yeah. Of, of course there is, the thing is when, and I know you have a very low heart rate to begin with it's actually the elevation is not like drastic like it you're still in like actually having low heart rate yeah, for yeah. the rest of the population so that's why it's of course always important to know your own trend and then because there is big variability of people's heart rate yeah. for various reasons so so for me it, it was still like the elevated heart rate was still like 55 or something sure, sure. like that so so and and that was my reasoning oh it's just something but uh but i i should have of course took a little bit of rest <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> there might might be might be a need for one day off as well yeah. at times right so basically in your current workout regime as you are training practically six or seven days a week mm-hmm. obviously in the weekends maybe some lighter cardio or yoga or whatnot yeah. but still when Monday comes and you you need to wake up, so Riku wakes up wakes up at 4:45, a manly time to wake up to go and work out at 5:30. Yeah. So, do you ever feel like I have not rested enough and my body feels a bit stuffy, or you, your resting heart rate is elevated, or in your current mm-hmm. regime? You usually after yeah. So so the thing is. Uh, what I want to put as a disclaimer, I'm, I'm not a member of that 5.30 club or something like that. I'm mostly waiting for 4.45 uh, because to just get my training done and uh, Nairobi just happens to start a little bit earlier. So in, in Singapore I woke up 5.45 yeah. and, and then I did my exercise at uh, seven o'clock. So so and and to eat his own own in in that sense. Usually after weekend, I I'm Mondays don't feel bad to me, and uh, I I think that's the point to me is is also not every day is equal as well. So actually maybe some days of the, that those weekdays are actually recovering mm. in that sense. Like I I oh, do it in, I I do it in some ways that if you feel a little bit. Uh, tired or something you adjust it a little bit you don't necessarily push it like 100% so I'm a big believer of active recovery in, in that sense um, so so I, I think it's recovering doesn't mean that you have rest altogether but it of course you can go full blast all the yeah. time but but to me it's usually better and it, it makes me not feel that much uh, muscle soreness mm-hmm. or something if I do something during the weekends as well, whether it's walking, uh, slight jogging or, or cycling as mm-hmm. such. But yeah, I mean, of course, sometimes and, and maybe this Monday I felt a little bit tired because we 
uh, we had fun time in Nairobi's <laughs> nightlife. Oh, yes, we did. Uh, but uh, but uh, overall, it's to me it's it's uh, weekend is when when I recharge the batteries. And and overall, if if I have have a, have a normal week, even waking up at four forty five, it's quite okay. So. Mm. Um, of course, I try to get to sleep relatively early. So, how much? How much is your average sleep? I probably get a slight under seven hours, okay. um, depending on how you calculate it. But probably like slight under seven hours that I'm in bed, and then I'm usually quite fast sleeper, which is apparently a sign of sleep deprivation. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Um, but but then and and one thing I have noticed and and to me it's actually also one background of me waking up early was that uh, I used to be very bad at sleeping uh, waking up early, so uh, I just decided and I found out to me the best way is to have very strict routine during the weekdays. I I don't wake up at the same times during the weekends, but. Uh, um, and and to me it then helps like even though there is one day that you need to be awake slightly later and you get a little bit less sleep I see also that the quality of sleep remains quite good course, so, course, yeah. so in, in terms of like if you could because sleep is such an at least interesting topic for me because of the recovery I'm trying to find the optimal times to optimal times to sleep and to me it's like if i go to go to bed after a normal day and i sleep fall asleep without an alarm clock um i would probably sleep exactly eight hours maybe eight eight hours 30 minutes i would wake up normally i usually wake up with the sun so even though i have blinds on i still somehow wake up at the same time the sun rises as well so have you ever tested what's the sort of optimal normal or biological sleeping cycle for you? Yeah, I uh, I have checked it. it like, um, like vacations are not good indicator because then I usually sleep first twelve hours <laughs> a week. But but I actually, if I look from uh, weekends, I I still sleep maybe one hour more or mm, not not okay. not so much. Uh, which which I I think it's. It seems to be like around that seven-hour mark of like effective sleep in, in, in that sense, which seems to be the right for me. But of course, we never know, and, and uh, it, it's also tiredness is also interesting concept of because you don't miss it's. Sometimes it might be that you actually have slept very long mm. and then you feel slightly more tired yeah, exactly. because of course the different sleep cycles mm. you're, you're having. So to, to me, it's, it's, uh, I would definitely want to sleep slightly more. Uh, but I, I think I'm still in like total of, I, I'm, I'm not sleeping four hours a night which uh, some people say that they can do but I cannot cope so for me I can do if for work reasons or some some reasons need to burn the midnight oil a little bit I can do maybe five hour for a week but then under that is usually uh, then you start really seeing it and even five hours I couldn't sustain probably for months or something like that but if occasionally you need to um, do it. And, and that's one of the reasons why you do um, 
sports as well mm. to be able to also uh, overcome sometimes when you you don't have the yeah. opportunity to sleep that well. But I, I think ideal for me actually would be to do naps as well. So so to have one nap a, a day uh, and then sleep that roughly uh, seven hours uh, of quality sleep then. Uh, that should be good, but it, sleep is interesting because there's so much of it that we don't really know because we don't really know the value of light sleep, but it has some value of it. REM and deep sleep we know more, but actually that and, and there's of course these Leonardo sleeping patterns that you sleep 15 minutes every three hour or something like that, which sounds probably and 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 there are has been these cases that people have just died and uh, in perfect shape and, and what they have found out is the lack of sleep. So so I I think sleeping in general it's it's one of the most key things to track in in, in that sense and. Uh, Uh, important part of recovery. So how do you then? Because you you said that sometimes you can you can burn the midnight oil. So presumably, I, I take the assumption that you would still, if, if you need to, sort of push late for work mm-hmm. or going into an event or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then would you? Because I know you as a person, you will still go to the morning workout, right? No matter yeah. how short the, the sleep cycle is. So if you then have to sleep like four or five hours. Or if you can only sleep like that, then will will you feel the impact in your workouts too? Um, uh, no, uh, again, probably if I would do it sustainably for a long time. Usually, what I see is that <clears throat> I actually get more energy out of it. Um, I probably wouldn't do my records or something like that. But as you get older, it's more seldom in any ways. Yeah. So. So uh, I, I think for me, actually, it's a almost hack to get through the day to do some sports in, in the morning. So, so I, I feel it and I'm always uh, like before I start to work out, I'm always slightly sleepy. But it, it has always been when I played basketball, I, I was the laziest guy before the training started. So it's part of the routine to get there. but. I, I see it more as a positive of getting the energy, um, and uh, um, but luckily I haven't had the need of doing it for very sustained, like long, long periods. I, I think if uh, and and also um, yeah, so so not doing it for uh, that long has also helped. Mm. Yeah, because we because if if we look at are both schedules or they they're very similar to each other i love working out in the morning i love working out doing crossfit in you know 7 a.m in the morning um every single morning exactly for the same reason as you which is it gives so much energy for the rest of the day and so it's like if i haven't done any sports in the morning i feel much more lethargic across the day regardless of the fact whether i slept eight hours or four and a half hours the previous day That one thing that has to be there is the workout, right? Yeah, and 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 the thing is, the the main thing is actually it's and and this is called uh, there there is a Finnish term for it, but uh, but it, it's uh, uh, maybe it translates to English that it's adult sleep school. And adult sleep school is that you just wake up 
the same time every weekday. Um, it doesn't need to be 4.45, it can be 7, it can be 6 or whatever. But the thing what it forces you to do is that I'm never anymore just like loitering with Netflix or something like that. So if I can affect of getting... Yeah. I still watch the Netflix, but, uh, but if I realize, okay, I need to go to sleep, I go to sleep or reading a book. So what, what it forces you, it, it actually puts more discipline to, oh, to the things you can affect. But then, of course, we all have responsibilities. Um, we have uh, dinners to attend and all of that. So then it gives also that uh, added energy when you do it. And it's, it, it's easy if it's... But then on your normal day, you don't just because it's... And... and uh, I was exactly the same. I was just watching telly and suddenly you know you have been watching the television for no reason until 12. Of course, yeah. So, so you try to cut that off in, yeah. in, in, in that sense. And uh, I think to that it's quite because you force yourself to wake up at a certain time. Um, it will, uh, after one week, you're starting to, you, you're starting to force to get, exactly. to get that more sleep. We're a little bit going to the morning routine which, which, uh, session, which, which was the uh, episode one, which is, was interesting because you have seen my morning routine and it's quite fast. But that's the whole thing. I mean, if fast routine is sufficient, then at least um, I, I, I do enjoy that for sure. Yeah, and but of course, you, same, shameless plug here, if you haven't listened to the first episode, which talks all about the morning routine, uh, go and listen it to Spotify and iTunes. Absolutely, and yes. What, what that's it for now. Well, I'll yeah. be submitting the podcast into other platforms, hopefully, as well. But, you know. So that sort of comes from the evening to the, to the sleep cycle to the morning and when you go off to your work because your work is highly demanding it, tri- it demands creativity it, it demands like like um, um, uh, ability to act in high pressure si- situations mm-hmm. being creative doing presentations to um, you know uh, very important customers and, and so on and so on so ha- what how do you see that sports and working out helps you in your day-to-day work and perhaps impacts your performance? Um, well, of course, if someone needs anyone to carry something in the office, they usually ask me, so that's yeah. a added <laughs> bonus. But uh, no, no I, I think doing sports overall, it just affects your well-being like if if you're feeling good about yourself you're not crumpy and and in in that sense you're probably more well-behaved individual in 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 that sense um i think overall sports is also brings more discipline in in what you do and and then if i think broadly pretty much all the lessons I have learned in life are somehow in basketball, in that sense, because it's... Can, can you share these? No. So, some of the key ones. No, no, I mean, it's like... Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's, well, well, the thing is, it's like some of the um, ones are about, it's, it's about team, not only about yourself. So you can be the best person in the team, but it still doesn't win. Then there's, of course, it ain't a fall until the referee calls it, um, which 
uh, I used to quite like if, if, <laughs> if someone elbows you until the referee like I mean it's it's a sign of that that the world is, isn't really fair and uh, then I think you need to always jump to the ball in, in, in that sense and uh, um, and last one I think I have wrote a blog post about this one as well, but uh, rest. We'll link it to the show notes for sure. Yeah, rest um, always when you have the opportunity. So, so that's from basketball because it's high, um, like uh, quick sprints, and then the game is off. You try to catch your breath, and and you you try to optimize your energy, and and that's the thing. What you would need to do in your work as well. Oh, absolutely. You, you cannot go 100% in every single thing. Mm-hmm. You need to conserve your energy and find, find those, those yeah, things. Exactly. But I, I don't think it's... Yeah, I don't think in that way that I'm doing sports, um, I think it doesn't necessarily have direct effect. Mm-hmm. Am I being better or, or not in my job? But probably quite indirect yeah. effect in, in, in that sense. No, I fully agree with you on that. It's it's it, it's a good uh, good point you made because um, I've made a sort of a personal test on this, like because I work out quite a lot myself too, um, and so if I work out a lot during the week, say four days in a row, I feel I start feeling it in my body because I've run like 30k and done four CrossFit's, mm-hmm. whatever. And so that at that that time I would start feeling it in my body. I might for some reason go a bit late to sleep, which means that I would be tired. So I decide to take the next day off and sleep a bit longer. So I, what happens there is that my body feels a bit sore. And then I wake up, eat my breakfast and go to work directly. So what then happens is that even though I've slept like that eight hours um, and given my body time to rest, I didn't work out that morning and go to work, I feel mentally more or, or less sharp and less ready and less everything at workplace compared to the situation where I still, as per what you mentioned previously, is, is as per, uh, if, if I still like, I wake up as per the decided time, 6 a.m., I do my CrossFit, but I would adjust my, my volumes, my weights and stuff so that I would still do the routine, get, sweat, get the sweat on and so forth. That gives or puts me in such a, such a, a better shape mentally to to attack the day in terms of uh, work performance as yeah. well. And I, I, I think part of it, it's physical, you just release your endorphins oh, and absolutely. all of that. Yeah. And part of it, it's just good old Finnish guilt. Like you, oh, feel, yeah. bad. <laughs> you, feel, you, you feel bad about yourself. So, so I mean, it's, it's like lots of my persons who are close to me uh, always say that I'm, I'm quite like like I have like certain principles and, and sometimes they, they are like, uh, like, I mean, it's my life doesn't change anywhere if I skip the exercise or something, yeah. but the, the feeling of skipping, it oh, feels like you have failed it, in, in that sense. And it, it applies to many things. So I, I think one of it is just like overcoming coming oh, yeah, that. Absolutely. But, but also I, I think as the situation changes, you need to have that flexibility in, in, in that sense. But I have always, and, and sometimes some of my friends ask like how to wake up earlier. And I, I say then it's, it's better 
to wake every weekday at the same time than one day here, one day there. Absolutely. Because it, it's just like we we are quite simple as human beings. So so the simpler the decision pattern is, it, the simpler oh, the better it is. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if I mean, at the time when willpower ends, that that is when good habits and routines will carry you to where you mm. want to go. Because yeah. when, even if this is the, the thing which I, I find very useful as well, and it, 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 it is so ingrained into my subconscious, which is the, likely the same for you and many other people who like to work out in the morning or wake up early, is that when you do it enough times, you, it, it becomes automatic. You almost automatically wake up just before the, the alarm clock rings maybe, or at times, even though you had slept like five hours or something and your body is starting to prepare for the workout and, mm-hmm. and your routine. So it actually, and then if you don't do it, then it becomes such a guilt factor as well, which is relatively interesting. Let's, but let's jump back into, into um, workouts and recovery, which is sort of everything that we've encompassed here today. But one thing which I wanted to ask you is because of your volumes are so high, um, how, what type of like, do you do any, any, any like, like, um, like stretching, yoga? Well, you mentioned yoga. Do you do massage, foam rolling? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff? So, so, um, I do, um, so, and, and that's luckily one good habit I big picked up during the, uh, when I was playing basketball. So I'm used to doing stretching, uh, after the workout, there's different schools of thought. Uh, luckily, I have been living uh, last eight years in very warm conditions. Actually, Nairobi is slightly colder than Singapore, so uh, not doing and never have been big fan of stretching before the exercises. I don't also believe in stretching right after the exercise because then your um, body so is still so warm and doing doing it afterwards. But uh, but what I what I do is. I do foam rolling. Um, so what what time of day do you do that? Uh, I do that in, in in the evening. Yeah, yeah. I I do that in the evening, which might not be the optimal in that sense, but uh, I don't want to do it at work. It would yeah. look weird. So so I, I do foam rolling. I do uh, stretching in the evening and while, while I'm watching the Netflix or doing something else. Um, I try to do once a week yoga maybe more if I can but what I want to do is very slow paced uh, deep long stretches not so much power yoga in in that sense and massage I I think I even made a promise of doing it that once a month but I have have not been able to do it but around those ones And, and then I take cold showers for that one, I haven't seen any benefit except I've started to hate going to shower. But maybe <laughs> find find something something on that. But I of course know that cold helps in in that sense. And then for muscle soreness, if I feel any niggles, I uh, use Tiger Balm maybe. Um, once every two months or, or something like that. But for me, the foam roller is the key one. Um, so if I'm short on time, I do the foam rolling, skip the stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if I 
can squeeze one time of yoga a week that that's perfect massage once a month that would be incredible but mm-hmm. uh, but not always we we all need to have calls <laughs> of, of course <laughs> yeah. of course but this um so it, it does seem so you have your your sort of active recovery um uh, regime which includes that once a day foam rolling basically mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is your main con- concept of, of of you know recovering from your workouts yes. keeping your muscles loose um, and so on so it does still seem, just listening to you and looking at what you do at the box, CrossFit box, is that it seems to be exactly enough, right? So yeah. In that sense, would you then need to do any, any more than that? Mm. Do you feel yourself that you should be more flexible or, you know? No, I, I think it's more of, um, uh, I think the massage in general could help because I, I know this in yoga, for example, I have... Uh, uh, certain parts that are very stiff, which okay. comes naturally when you do lots of weights, and, and so so I think generally the normal week, I, I don't feel that much muscle soreness. Depending on if you do very hard exercise, it's there's no there's no cure for it. Like you will get muscle soreness yeah, if you yeah. if you re- really go hard, you will get that. And uh, I have always believed that that's one sign of development like you yeah me you, too, you me kind too. of like you can foam roll all you want but <laughs> it doesn't change that but but overall if you have like normal week like with foam rolling with that routine you don't feel that like your uh like legs are going off or anything like that so i, I think it's okay but i i think with massage there's and and of course the challenge we roll maturity probably listening to this podcast um i don't know who are listening to this but hello if you're still there uh, <laughs> at this point um hi mom <laughs> um so um we work a lot sitting down and and that's why even though of course exercise helps for neck pain and all of that but we we mm. can neck and back even though we have all the right habits in terms of our exercise, just the conditions we are might require that it would be good to go to massage or, or something like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, compression, uh, not the big fan. It's uh, I, I read some study that uh, it's there was some benefits, but that was the same benefit that you put a sock or something. So it, it, it was uh, actually okay. testing the basketball shooters and I think yeah. it all came from the warmth of, of something like okay. that. So, okay. I mean, of course, placebo is a big thing. So if you feel that something helps in, in that sense, but, uh, but yeah, I, I try to keep the, the foam rolling I have found very, very good and actually even much more help, helpful than stretching. So that has been... One good habit I have picked up um, in last five years or so, which is good. Which is good. I do. I do sort of. Even though, you, as you as you said, you don't believe that much in after workout stretching, because the muscles are are, are uh, warm at that stage. I do that every every morning though. Right after workout, I just feel good doing it. Um, I do believe in the fact because I've been injured so many times. I've torn my quadriceps. I've Enjoy my back, done all, all sorts of stuff in CrossFit and prior to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And I do think that many of these injuries are because of my poor mobility. So simply static stretching 
in, in terms of um, increasing my mobility and hence reducing the injury risk at least a tiny bit is, is the thing which I want to try to do. Before the workouts though, I go for dynamic stretches to just to warm up, um, warm up the, uh, the muscle and get the muscles into full range as well. Um, so that you know the injury risk would would, uh, would go down. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's a good point with injuries, and actually that's the thing. Maybe with some mobility, uh, would be good in the regime this year. Uh, I have been very lucky with injuries as such. So so, but this year I had. Um, Uh, one shoulder ache, which I actually didn't. I, I just needed to skip some movements right. for for Over a week and, and uh, so forth. But um, but the main thing with uh, that one is that I got into the habit of doing certain mobility for the shoulders, which I have now forgotten all. <laughs> but uh, and went a couple of times to physiotherapy, yeah. but. Uh, Um, but but I, I think that's of course if working and, and having injury proneness or having injuries or something like that you need to put even extra effort to mobility mm-hmm. and, and uh, of course preventing that as well yeah, so sure. I, I think it would probably help to especially for shoulder do some shoulder mobility and, and all of that for me as well Absolutely. but uh, but um, I think after workout, I want to go to shower, get to work, and uh, yeah, be done and over. I, I, I understand. Okay, so let's jump into um, the next topic around working out, uh, performing at your peak, peak levels at work, at sports, at anything in life. For recovery, it's obviously nutrition, right? So, yeah. how is your? How do you sort of construct your meal plans and nutrition? Uh, whilst we are drinking beer, uh, but it's well-earned beer anyway. So, how do you normally construct your? Yeah, well, actually, um, beer, especially low-alcohol beer, is actually very good recovery drink uh, based on uh, research. A German Olympic team had like van full of non-alcoholic beer there, and, and there's big industry nowadays of recovery beer like Sufferfest and mm-hmm. Athletic Brewing. So, um, of course, the main thing you need to keep in mind with that one is you shouldn't go with your double IPAs or something <laughs> like that. So, so yeah. just being in low or ideally non-alcohol beers. But but there is actually. Um, The good part of beer is actually that uh, after, let's say, marathon, it actually kickstarts your system and then it's more ready to get mm. water. But that wasn't the question in, no. in that sense. With n- nutrition, I'm actually, I, I think I believe in simple eating in, in that sense. And uh, and for me, it's, it's always has been that uh, I have pretty much ate eating what I want and I like pizzas and I like burgers and donuts and all the unhealthy stuff as well but uh, what I also have in my habits is I have always liked vegetables so yeah, yeah. so I have lots of vegetables uh, in in my routine which I like um, so I I need to eat something before I exercise so I do I eat banana and uh, nuts right before yeah. um I leave the home. Then after exercise, I eat uh, oatmeal again with some peanuts. And then 
I have as a lunch I usually have something local in here in Singapore it was noodles or nasi padang sure, sure. or something I, I don't worry about like the I, I just want that in lunch ideally there's some carbs in whatever form it is um, I generally favor rice and noodles or um, compared to pasta or potato not because of any uh, nutritional values just because I feel more energetic like if I sure, eat sure. like lots of big pasta as lunch I feel like okay now it's time to go, <laughs> go sleeping at such so so for me lunch is probably like the most important meal and I don't yeah. really um, calculate and but then uh, as a dinner as such I, I have quite light dinner so so mostly um, bowl of vegetables some bread charcuterie or um, sausage or mm-hmm. something a little bit of yogurt and a little bit of fruits and, sure. and then I eat uh, one snack of, of fruits so uh, and lately I have um, yeah so I, I've been eating like I, I have always believed that uh, if you're not um, you can make your nutrition you can spend like $300 to different supplements and all of that but mostly you can do uh, with like relatively healthy food what you are and the main thing is if you get slightly less calories that you're consuming you're probably in quite good track oh absolutely and it's, it's actually interesting to hear this because I've sort of always known you as as a, as a guy who can just eat almost everything but then listening to I mean without getting like like overweight or, or as such but in, in terms of just listening to you now what you what you just described there doesn't sound that that provides a, a heavy caloric load at least it, it could be quite low in calories if you actually calculate it but one one specific point which obviously for a former meathead like myself uh, I th- still think I am but um, mm. anyway so if you look at the recommendations that a lot of research nowadays nowadays puts to optimum um, um, uh, muscle protein synthesis and recovery and all that um, would be around 1.5 to 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight right so that for you would be somewhere around 180 grams uh, yeah I, you, I, you will be far away from from that because um, so how do you I mean because you used to eat more protein than, than you do now yeah how, but what, what I, difference I, you, you yeah I, I but I, I don't think I have ever been in like 190 mm. uh, grams of um, I, I think one one thing and, and this might be very unscientific that's fine <laughs> yeah. but uh, but I, I, I think there is something around that your body also of course there is like uh, but but your body also depending on what you're eating it also uses the um, nutris, nutrients in in different way as as well so and and uh, you still get like protein from bits and pieces and I usually I try to keep one vegetarian day um, just to try it out but uh, um, and you because you can you get some protein from nuts you get the protein from cheese you get protein from lots of different things so I, I think it's um, I used to get a little bit more because I used to eat um, protein bar after the 
exercise that was in Singapore. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I haven't seen that much. I, I don't feel um, less stronger or any, anything like that. So so and uh, I, if I also think that when uh, doing sports back in the day, it was mostly pasta. That, that was what we were eating. It was. True. I think the protein craze started a little bit later in in, in that sense. It is so, true. Uh, and, and and then it's also about like when when I talk about you try to have some wet like it could be like the meal can be like there's um, rice, beans, lentils, and then you have meat. So. Uh, maybe chicken or something. That's actually quite a lot of protein in different That's forms in, in, in that sense. Even though it might not be that 180 or 190. No, it's probably not the 180. But I, I, I don't know. It's it's um, like 180 is massive amount it is, of it is. protein. Like how, how you would need to eat like a kilograms of meat to get it not necessarily if you, if you, well quite a lot I mean from different if, if I look at how I get my 170 ish grams of protein a day not right now in, in Nairobi but I, I do use at least one scoop of uh, protein powder then I eat a lot of Greek yogurt eggs um, chicken breast at least 300 grams a day some days um, uh, you know 600 grams or, or, or more even um, I eat a lot of fish. Um, I might eat a few protein bars. That's how I get get my uh, 170 grams or uh, or so uh, currently per day. Yeah. Now, it, but it's, an, it's or, a, it, or maybe it's because I'm, I'm a big foodie and uh, I like to eat more on on weekends. So maybe I get well, all true. my protein during weekends. Absolutely. I, I don't know. Is does it? prolonged to the next days probably not but <laughs> it's it, according to science it's not optimal but in the long term you know we just need to look at the situation where you are in and this is this goes back to the discussion which we had on the taxi today um, which is that um, even though I do believe in and I do tend to follow the scientific literature in terms of recommendations for optimal uh, recovery and um, Muscle protein synthesis and you know muscle sparing effect. If I'm if I'm cutting down my weight and all that, to to basically eat around two grams per kilo of body weight of protein. But then the, then I would say that truthfully put, if I'm not like competing at the elite level of CrossFit or bodybuilding or some whatever other sport, then the marginal benefit for me to actually eat those levels might be quite minimal if you may yeah and i i think that's actually a good point because what is like the, the main thing of eating and working out is that you feel good no, about yourself yeah. uh could i become bigger or stronger i could but uh but i work with my mind i'm <laughs> like and and uh, so so in, in that sense it's, it's a little bit uh you want to and and uh, i think how I believe in eating is actually very scientific in that sense that I tend to eat what my ancestors eat in that and not going into paleo or anything yeah, like no. that because that doesn't really make sense in that sense that um, you would actually need to fast most of the time and yeah, eat true. some branches and uh, then eat meat once a month if you would really follow paleo Absolutely. in that yeah, sense true. but uh, but I, I think 
I, I'm of that mind that it's better to eat something that is natural that we have been eating for um, centuries. So than whole, whole, whole food sources essentially. Whole food sources and, and something that we have been eating uh, for a longer time and then not getting anything from absolutely, the... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, it doesn't... If, if, you're, if you're not professional sportsman, um, you can really... Um, the main thing of eating is that uh, that um, you feel good and, and you can perform and uh, not necessarily count mm. all the macronutrients in that thing. And, and also with the like, uh, there's also, um, that's a little bit blanket statement also, like two, two grams of protein per, because we are also, um, there's lots of differences how people actually gain muscle mass of and course. all of that as, as well. A lot of that comes from genetic base too. Yeah. All right, so it's been fascinating to discuss with you, Riku, today. Um, obviously, we will be discussing much more offline and potentially we'll be making another one of these as well, but um, you know, let's, see, let's see how time flies. But in terms of just to, to wrap things up, because you are a, a sort of... Um, very high-performing um, company executive, company manager uh, who needs to perform at high levels every single day. You work out a lot and you, you optimize your health through your nutrition, through your workouts and, and, and all that, and you read a lot. So what would be sort of your top tips for optimizing your performance and recovery in your life overall? Yeah. I. Uh, the main thing to me is that you need to create your habits in that sense, whatever they are, because there, there are also differences. I'm not advocating that everyone should wake very early because not everyone is wired that way. So you need to find those ways, like if, if you like working out in the nights, find that there. Um, then I think it's... Um, um, if sports is in your regime, it's um, you need to always remember that it should be enjoyable in that sense. Like I mean, I know, and we we have discussed this earlier that sports, when you do it, should be pure poor suffering, but <laughs> exactly. essentially it should bring your you in yeah. enjoyment. And if sports is not something that is not in your regime, you can just start with doing you like walking a short while or um, doing 10 push-ups or starting somewhere and, and gradually because you don't need to go and and also I think where we often and, and uh, also with like uh, many executives like doing cycling and all this it, it becomes similar thing like competing and true, uh, true. the rat race you're having having somewhere which is one element of sports but i think you always if you do sports you should get the enjoyment from the act of doing it which can tend to be suffering in, in that sense and then you can build much more lifelong habit of, of, of doing yeah. sports so so um, the first thing was about create your own routines those which which work for you not from anyone else you can use science as a base but uh, I think majority of people actually are more um, not night outs more of mm. like 
they, it's easier for them to wake up earlier, but there are night owls, so find that one. With sports, you need to find that um, enjoyment in the act of exercise without any external goal at such. You can start maybe with like, okay, I'm going to run a marathon or something, but you need to find that enjoyment from that ritual because otherwise it doesn't uh, last again uh, sleep try to sleep more I think it's <laughs> for every, everyone uh, um, such a big thing yeah. um, there um, and then I think nutrition um, my point of view is again like simple solutions go quite far in, in, in that sense that um, eat like your ancestors ate uh, no need to go overboard with the meat just with uh, all the climate change and all of that I'm not advocating that everyone should stop right now but we, we can probably all reduce a little bit of our uh, meat consumption and uh, yeah I think that's uh, and then um, listening to your body which is something I'm learning all the time because I'm, what, what tends to happen I'm listening to my body that I'm uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm very tired. I shouldn't go to exercise, and then you're doing <laughs> and, and doing the exercise. So, so that's why I, I, I think it's it's. I think your happiness and and performance comes from um, uh, uh, it comes from sleep, nutrition, exercise, and then the last bit is of course the social yeah, interactions which yeah, is and uh, I think those and we haven't even talked about that because it's not necessarily part of recovery but uh, in that sense that uh, you should never go so overboard with any of these things that uh, uh, you wouldn't start to neglect those social um, uh, your important absolutely, people absolutely. there uh, in, in that sense because it can happen as well like uh, with, with sports as well especially if you do sports that takes a lot of time uh, and you're like uh, spending all weekends playing golf or yeah, exactly, something like exactly. that uh, but I, I think that's an, and uh, it's, it's I, I think using tools using science is a good starting point but then you need to find your own baseline and and utilize and, and find different views because we are all wired very differently we are having different genes different talents different routines we can find but that's of course good start and and i think tracking helps as well um you don't need to be obsessive about it as well like it, it's there has been these stories that people are getting stress of sleep tracking in, in that sense yeah. uh, it feels a bit so, overboard so, yeah I mean and, and they are feeling bad that no, it was like only this amount of uh, deep sleep and, and that but uh, I, I think it's it's they, they are good um, uh, good ways of, of um, um, improving your things but not not stressing out, out of oh, yeah, it. You, you need to combine it and, and I, I think they are good ways to also help you to listen to your body better because you can see like okay this is the feeling which usually causes these type of things so so uh, I th- so essentially the main message here is do do how it feels right for you but and, and build your own habits but I, I think you should 
with all of those four parts um, sleep, exercise, nutrition and, and uh, also social interactions you need it helps you in life if you build those good habits absolutely, I fully agree so where can people follow you? Um, they can follow me um, in Instagram and uh, LinkedIn as as well. Just, just your name, Riku. Yeah, uh, yeah, Riku Vassinen on uh, LinkedIn and on Instagram, uh, R Vassinen. And uh, uh, maybe I start doing podcasts. It seems fun. Uh, it, it, it is. It's awesome, mate. The, and we will le- link all the the handles into the show notes, so you can uh, go and follow Rico there. Any final thoughts? It's been awesome to have you on this podcast, Rico. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, we will probably do another one in 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 the near future. Now, do remember, guys, the Healthzilla app can be found on the Apple Apple App Store. Uh, go download download your version now. Try out the new finger fingertip. Um, stress can uh, today and we are by the way working on the new version 3 release which will be a revolutionary um, new gamified version of the app so and and when it's coming it is coming later uh, Mm -hmm. this year that is the the um, the the goal and obviously we will we will be updating the community and everybody interested about this later on go follow healthzilla um, on linkedin on facebook and on instagram as well thank you very much guys for listening i will hear from you next week thank you cheers bye cheers